When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. have survived we are back welcome into the phnx cardinals podcast brought to you by the DraftKings sportsbook app america's top rated sportsbook be sure to like and subscribe leave us a five star wherever you get your podcast johnny venerable joined by my better half Bo brock live in mobile alabama at the reese's senior bowl he's our man on the ground and boy oh boy Bo, i'm so glad you're there on many different fronts but especially as it relates to the ongoing soap opera that is the Arizona Cardinals head coaching search. It's never ending. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. We're just uh, just recycling candidates. And at some point, we're allegedly going to get a new head coach in the desert for the Arizona Cardinals. But as of right now, yeah, they just uh, they just interviewed Lou Amar- Amar- Amaruno from the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to respect him and say his name correctly there, unlike our oh. broadcast last night. <laughs> his last name is Armadillo, and that's what yeah. we will call him until he becomes the head coach. And then we've got uh, Brian Callahan tom- tomorrow, and uh, got some insight from some NFL insiders who have uh, descended down on Mobile. It's kind of the football mecca right now until next week when Arizona becomes that for the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Chiefs, but uh, trying to just get some insight. Was this a full reset? Was this, you know, part of the plan? I, I don't think anybody believed that, but you know, what what happens post Sean Payton? That's what I think. You know, I was trying to get to the bottom today. I was at the same time checking out some of the top prospects in the upcoming 2023 NFL draft, and we certainly saw some guys stand out that the Arizona Cardinals need to be in on more so than yeah. they were in on Sean Payton, the head coach. Yeah, uh, I love this comment. Mike Mayer's friend of the show. You know it's bad when Bo is fed up. Like, Bo, Bo is the bright light most days. And today, <laughs> there's, a, there's a dark cloud that's lingering following our Sean Payton saga. Uh, do I still have hair? I, I definitely still have hair, but I'm repping my, one of my favorite, if not my favorite hat, the PHNX hat from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Well, let's get into it. We're going to talk about prospects here in a, in a hot minute, but let's talk about the coaching search. So you mentioned the Bengal coordinators, they're on deck for today and tomorrow. Mike Kafka yesterday. We got some interesting insight. Averro, they still want to keep him in Denver with Sean Payton. The Broncos potentially want to keep him with Sean Payton, but then there's word that the Vikings want to right. interview Averro. So that would tell you, Bo, that Brian Flores isn't necessarily the number one option there. What can you tell us? Who did you talk to? Let's get to the meat of the conversation. Yeah, so we had a couple of different conversations today, one with Albert Breer from the Monday morning quarterback, and then another with Jeremy Fowler, who's been tapped in and dialed into this organization since even before the coaching carousel started to wind up a little bit this offseason after they fired Cliff Kingsbury. Him and Josh Weinfuss collaborated on that piece, kind of uh, unveiling the dysfunction that we all kind of knew was there, right? Felt was there, and then it just kind of uh, it, it, it legitimized all of our concerns. Yeah, uh, but you know, just trying to get a reset on this thing, see where the Arizona Cardinals are going. Um, you know, Minnesota, as you mentioned, wanted to kind of have a conversation with Averro. From what I've heard, 
being here in Mobile is Brian Flores was hanging out with Minnesota, not only for the picture that was staffed and went, you know, on social media, but he was hanging out, you know, even more so. I mean, I don't love that. General I'm not into right. that. So there's obviously a relationship there. I don't know if it's just if it transcends, you know, what they want to do with their coaching staff and they're just they're just tight. And they, they as far as scouting these players, they just feel comfortable and want to kind of trade, you know, what they're seeing together and, and just navigate Mobile together. I don't know. But it seems like a relationship like that could also turn into one that uh, becomes a job as a defensive coordinator. But there, there are definitely a ton of options for the Vikings at D.C. Arizona Cardinals, obviously, are seeing their options going forward for the uh, head coaching position. Well, let's get into it. Bo had an opportunity to connect with Jeremy Fowler. Let's hear his comments now, Bo. Bo Brock, PHNX Sports here at Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. We're talking with the uh, taller in person, Jeremy Fowler, had the incredible insight with our friend Josh Weinfuss about the Arizona Cardinals' dysfunction in that franchise before they let go of Cliff Kingsbury, before Steve Kime resigned from the organization. Jeremy, as we sit here, February 1st, the Cardinals still don't have a head coach. Three of the five openings are filled. What's the timeline here? Does it, Is there a timeline any longer? Well, originally, I thought the Cardinals might be the first team to hire a coach, and now they're still sitting on things. Uh, it looked like they wanted to regroup and talk to some more people this week with uh, Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka and the Bengals coordinators Lou Anarumo and Brian Callahan. I think after that, could shape up maybe as early as Friday, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, everybody's sort of on high alert with this one. Nothing on the docket Friday. Nothing on the docket Friday, as you mentioned. Do you think they could circle back potentially to a candidate like Brian Flores? Do you think that ship has sailed? I don't think it's sailed. Uh, you know, really, what's funny is early on in the process, I was hearing a lot of Brian Flores that the, that the buzz there was real. Uh, GM candidates who interviewed for the job came away with the impression that the Cardinals liked him. So we'll see. You know, I, th- I think they have that candidate banked and, and can, can revisit it. And then, you have, you know, Vance Joseph's the in-house candidate. I, st- I still think he's in the mix. Um, it's pretty wide open. Indianapolis and Arizona both have been jobs that, that have uh, really played things close to the vest and, and have been open in, in who they want to talk to. Really generous for your time. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Last question, put you on the spot. Who do you think the next head coach the Cardinals is? So, depends on how the interviews go this week. You know, I feel like there's a wild card, maybe a Jonathan Gannon, who I don't, I don't think they've even talked to yet. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably still go Flores. I think he's still in the mix there, so we'll see. There you have it. So much stuff there. Um, some of it horrifying, and some of it really yeah. promising there at the end. I love this comment here, Jason, in the chat. Burn any tape where Vance Joseph uh, <laughs> us and are mentioned with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, McCain, I will lose my mind if it's Vance. I feel like, with all due respect to Jeremy, Jeremy's been plugging Vance since, like, day one. Maybe as just a favor to the Cardinals, to Vance, but those were like, he was part of the early kind of regime that was like co-GMs and, you know, Vance Joseph is a strong internal candidate. But I, I we'll see. Uh, you and I are staunchly opposed to that. But did you get a sense speaking with him maybe off camera, off air? I mean, I'm encouraged by the Flores talk and I'm encouraged yeah. that other GMs meeting with the Cardinals candidates for the GM role thought that the Cardinals were already kind of locked in on Brian Flores. Yeah, you, you like to hear that, but at the same time, I really get the sense that nobody really knows. Right. Like, nobody really, truly knows. It, it, it's been such a, not a three-ring circus. I, it's just been, 
uneven. It, it's been chaotic at times where you, you feel like all signs are pointing in a certain direction and then completely pivot and turn the other direction and, and go the other way. So uh, I think even, you know, the most tapped in insiders are just trying to figure out what they what they know and, and go with that. And, and then, you know, if, if other general managers or candidates were saying, hey, that, that looks like that's going to be a match. And that was even before Monty Austin Ford got in the fold, who said on his introductory press conference day that Brian, quote, is a special coach. I mean, I think that goes a long way with what we know. And of course, what Fowler said is we'll see how these interviews go. And that just kind of gives you the sense like they're going to they're going to see this thing through, recalibrate after Thursday and then maybe start to make some decisions as far as who they seriously want to consider for their vacant head coaching job. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we've got people in the chat saying, well, Vance could be a holdover with whomever takes the job. I mean, unless it's Kafka or, you know, Callahan and Michael Bidwell's like, you got to keep Vance Joseph on. I mean, Lou's going to want to bring his own people in. Jonathan Gannon would. Brian Flores would. I mean, I, I could see a scenario in which Vance Joseph, I mean, shit, we talked about it with, with Sean Payton once upon a time, could be a holdover. And I know that's not what people want to hear, but I think if, if we're preparing ourselves for an offensive head coach once again that's not Sean Payton, I think we might have to prepare ourselves with the reality that somehow, someway, Vance Joseph it, it lingers around at least for another year. Um, because the longer we go into this bow, and you do not have a defensive coordinator ready to go. Like these other teams, Minnesota, Miami, we're going to see it now with the Niners are interviewing people. They're trying to get new DCs today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, today. And the Cardinals, if they hire Mike Kafka or Brian Callahan Friday or next Monday, are going to be behind the eight ball trying to find a new defensive coordinator. So I I think there's a better chance that Vance could stick around as the, God forbid, the remaining DC, at least for a year, rather than him running the show and being the head coach. With an offensive mind, head coach, right? Is, right. That, is what you're right. saying? Because if he's yeah. a defensive guy, he has the opportunity to potentially take over play-calling duties right. or bring in his be guys. No point because to it. I, I think that a lot of the defensive guys would clash with, you know, what Vance likes to do. I don't I didn't think yeah. that would be too contrasting uh, ways uh, as far as game planning and game calls, calling uh, plays. I, I just don't think that that would work. It would be very short-lived before it had an expiration date. So, right. um, you know, I talked to Albert Freer today too. He had his thoughts. Unfortunately, the audio wasn't uh, too clean on that. We got, a, we got one answer from him. It was his final answer. I believe we have this as far as what he kind of felt he would, who's the best coach candidate for Kyler Murray? Um, I would say, I would say probably like for Kyler Murray personally, like yeah. because I think you look for what he's done with Joe Burrow. Um, he had background with Matt Stafford, with Peyton Manning. Um, you know, I, I just think I look at, at, at Brian Callahan as a guy who's going to be able to work with a young quarterback and has, you know, a, a really strong kind of resume of, of experience in the quarterbacks, older and younger, um, to draw on to work with the quarterback. And a lot of experience that I think would help Kyle Murray. So if you're just talking about Kyle directly and not in the team locally, I'd say probably. So there you got the offensive guy. You got the guy that's going to interview tomorrow, the offensive coordinator from the Cincinnati Bengals and Brian Callahan, who a guy like Albert Breer believes would be the best candidate for Kyler Murray. And he brought his name up a couple times. You know, I tried to connect the dots with Albert about Flores. Of course, Breer just locked into that Patriots organization, a team that he's covered for a long time. 
uh, obviously knew about the relationship between Monty and Flores, Coach Flo, as he calls him. But also there's a relationship there with Monty and Callahan. There's a history there mm-hmm. between the two. So, I mean, when we start to kind of look at this post-Payton where we were picking up the pieces last night, I think that those two are materializing as, as two series candidates uh, in the next couple of days to look out for. Yeah, we we speculated with Callahan potentially having ties to New England and having ties to Monty Austin for it. And I would say that puts him in strong consideration on top of where he's already been. And you also think about the fact that, you know, they really couldn't talk to any Bengals coaches last week. So unlike Kafka, who really feels like a throw in interview at this point to fill a day and just to talk to another offensive guy, at least in my opinion, with Callahan, I mean, he's been in demand and he has been unavailable because they got to the AFC championship game and darn near made it to the Super Bowl. So um, I, you know, if, if I had to guess again, I would say that it's, it's looking better for guys recency bias that get the interview this week, but that's not preventing Arizona from calling Brian Flores on Friday and having him fly in and meeting with him one more time. And as we're doing this show, we're getting no Aaron Glenn, I think is coming back for a second interview bow with the Indianapolis Colts. So the Colts are bringing him back in. Oh, sorry. I misled you there. (laughs) I misled you there. The Colts are going to talk to Aaron Glenn once again. Man, that, 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 I see. Did you see me ride the roller coaster there? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, part of me enjoyed that. Um, So so you think about the reason why I was following a Minnesota Vikings beat reporter, and this is not good podcasting, but I'm going to bring it up in real time. And it kind of gives you context because there are two jobs open and they're kind of double dipping now with some of these candidates. This is Ben Gosling who covers the Minnesota Vikings. Ben said that the Vikings have interest in Broncos defensive coordinator, uh, Ajiro Avero as, um, been reported, but it's still Denver's calls, whether or not they want to let him interview. Um, Avero is a head coaching candidate too, but since he's still under contract, Broncos could block him for interviewing from DC jobs, which is interesting. So it's no lock he could just go to Minnesota. On top of it, head coaching possibilities for both Averro and Flores have made it difficult for the Vikings to find a new D.C. If Averro doesn't get a head job, Broncos will have to decide whether or not they want to keep him. Vikings have to make their decision. Uh, Sean Desay remains a strong candidate as well. I think he's an eternal candidate. So the Cardinals are holding shit up with Jim Irsay. Yeah. They are they're keeping these guys in the loop that potentially will not get this job. And so I think again, it points back to the fact that if you go with one of these offensive guys, you are not going to have your choice of a premier defensive coordinator because you're yeah. holding up a Flores who who would be a great defensive coordinator on top of being a great head coach. You're holding up an Avero. Like the Vikings and some of these other teams are 3 to 4 steps ahead of you. And it's what everybody is pointing out. Like Cardinals can sure they can conceptually take their time trying to find the next head coach, but you're pushing back opportunities to get quality people in house. It's what the Niners do so well is they just churn out assistance and get comp picks and it's a funnel. So I just right now it's frustrating because I think it does increase the likelihood that if Callahan or Gannon or excuse me or Kafka is hired, that Vance Joseph just slides right back in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean it as far as the Bidwell wanted to save a few dollars and cents uh, to a guy that he just locked up for uh, to an extension, just like the coaching, st- the, the head coach and the general manager, you got that with your DC. And, you know, I mean, we, we did, 
it was it was a better side of the football this season for the Arizona Cardinals, but both sides of the football struggle mightily for a four and thirteen team. I think yeah. people just feel like they want to continue with the full reset and and why why do this for a, a placeholder for one season until you feel like you can hit the market again in twenty twenty four and find the right DC to move forward with so many young pieces that you're going to have on that side of the football, including the third overall pick potentially that you, you, I don't, I don't want to see Joseph get his hands on because just because of how uh, the lack of development, the lack of playing time that we've seen uh, from top picks from this organization. So um, that, that would be, that would be a rough look. That would be a rough, tough sell. Uh, it's it's not as tough a sell as obviously the the head coaching spot for VJ, right. but it but returning as DC at this point as people kind of have had their hopes to to move forward from this previous regime that would just be kind of some leftovers that I don't think people wanted to deal with. Well, and they would get out that Michael Bidwell's forcing Vance Joseph onto people. And I hate to say that and sound you know disingenuous to Vance, but I, I do and it's think it's not the Cap- same as Denver forcing like their guy on. Pace. Yeah, he's like a, a, he's that defensive coordinator. Right, he was unbelievable right. this year. He's a hot right. commodity. The Vikings aren't calling Vance Joseph for an interview, Michael. They're they're contacting Averro because he's good at his job. Vance Joseph, not so much. And again, I'll push back on anybody that that says otherwise. He was flush with defensive talent. He got back to back first round picks at linebacker. Right? Yeah, the defensive line, the outside linebackers were hit or miss, but the safeties were elite. There were athletes at corner. It just weren't good enough under him. You can't be that bad, and then you either get to do status quo or get promoted. What I do think, though, Callahan in particular, I feel like would would hopefully want to pluck somebody from Lou's defensive staff and keep that same kind of 4-3 scheme, whereas like Kafka, to me, and I know people disagree, Kingsbury 2.0, minimal contact. So it's like, oh, yeah, I could really lean on Vance. He's been a head coach before. If you're if you're replacing Cliff with Kafka and you're running it back with VJ, all hell's gonna break loose. Yeah, it's uh, I, I just I see that a couple times on my my timeline. I don't understand it. I, I don't understand I don't the love affair with him. Uh, the fact that they could have interviewed him last week, he was, he was his schedule seemed like it was wide open, and then they just had him as a placeholder on Tuesday. And you're like, oh, that's the guy. That's our that's our new plan A. And like, no, yeah, I, I don't think that's the best plan forward. No. Uh, for, for anybody, but um, Anarumo, it's 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 interesting. I mean, wh- where do you put him in this discussion? Because I feel like Flores, Callahan, from the people I talked to today, uh, you know, I feel like Callahan has the edge, even though I thought I was more impressed by what Anarumo was able to do with less on the defensive side of the football. I mean, I do agree with some people saying, you know, Kyler running this offense now, obviously he's going to adapt it to K1's skill set but you know burrow stafford Peyton manning all very different quarterbacks that were mentioned along with callahan and to your point last night about Peyton manning it's just like well he kind of was the offensive coordinator right i mean anybody coming with that on their resume you should kind of peel that onion back a little bit do a little bit more research into how much you know of a collaboration you know that was i like the more i Look into Callahan, the more I like in terms of the structure of their offense, the balance, the fact that they have mitigated outside of the postseason issues on the offensive line. That was a masterful game plan against the Buffalo Bills. Now they have loaded personnel. The Cardinals aren't going to have that, right? They're not going to trot out Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase week one next year. But I can see, like, contextually, like, 
get me get me some under center play. Like we've reached that point of the bare minimum of like, can Kyler Murray play under center a little bit? Can you get him on the move, booting him out a little bit like Russell Wilson in Seattle? I like I'm not gonna hate that hire. It's not gonna be my favorite. Just like I'm I'm not gonna hate that Anna Rumo hire. It's not gonna be my favorite. But with Anna Rumo, at least I feel like his calling card, I feel like a couple months into the season, that defense will be humming. And guys like like you know, Zaven Collins, Isaiah Simmons, Jalen Thompson, hopefully are playing the best football of their career. And I don't have to sweat out, are we going to butcher the development of a Jalen Carter and a Will Anderson? Mm-hmm. No, they're going to be ass kickers from day one. So at least at the end of the year, I could say, I have a calling card and it's my defense. And then we're going to get Kyler Murray right with the right offensive coordinator. Mike Kafka, to me, is just way too inexperienced. And you just tried to do that with Cliff Kingsbury saying, we're going to buy a stock at its lowest. He just got fired by Texas Tech. We feel like he could be out of our league in a year if he's hot at USC. That's a little bit of Kafka right now. And again, Brian Dable is the secret sauce. It's not Mike Kafka. Mike Kafka is Matt Nagy 2.0 and maybe worse. At least Nagy went to the playoffs twice in Chicago. So these two Cincinnati coordinators, you can do worse than that team. Super Bowl last year, AFC title game this year, been around a culture. Let's be honest. That's taken a lot of flack like the Redbirds, like the Bengals yeah. and the and the Cardinals are kind of kindred spirits in a lot of ways. People shitting on the Bengals facility. Well, what are the Cardinals in the news for this week? Their facility is not great. There are, there are some indicators like Bengals draft and develop well. Cardinals want to get to that point. They're not big spenders in free agency. So I feel like, again, Flores is still my top choice. But either one of these guys, it's not you're not hiring with all due respect, Aaron Glenn and Vance Joseph, whose right. units were atrocious this year. Right. I mean, Vance and, Joseph's unit was unwatchable. And, and what Pittsburgh was able to do with Flores on that defensive staff and just completely turn around how they defended the run. One of the worst teams in 2021. And then this season they were in the top 10 as far as defending the run. And we, we know that they had pieces and they got healthier on that defense by the end of the year, by the return of TJ Watt, but uh, mm-hmm. they weren't healthy the entire time. And Flores was, you know, according to Ike Taylor, former Steelers player, instrumental in that. So, um, and, and you got the issues with what Vance get, getting gashed by the run. That's why I think they're yeah. two contrasting it's styles. And it, it's just, you're, you're looking for a better brand of ball on that side of the football. And, uh, but, you know, it, it still is, it's tough to, to talk about him as, as the true, you know, leader in the clubhouse when there hasn't been a conversation for 10 days. That, that's where, you know, I kind of right. get hung up on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, uh, Monty Ford has a relationship with with two people in this coaching search, so it's easy to peg them as the top two candidates, but we don't know. But what we do definitively know is that every time we have doubted what the Cardinals are going to do outside of the Sean Payton sh- issue, which is a serious one, they've done the right thing. They've gone external. It would have been easy after you hire Monty Ford for Michael Bidwell to say, okay, you need to pick – Adrian Wilson or Quentin Harris to be your assistant GM. And they didn't do that. They went external again. So I I don't know why we're sitting here talking about Vance Joseph being the next head coach of this team on February 1st. It's like a nightmare that that won't end. But again, I know that a lot of fans are, are hesitant to even ease up off of that until it's announced that somebody else is the new head coach, which is crazy. It's crazy. We're at this point. Claudia in the chat with the – this is the first – I think about this every time we talk about Lou as well. With the, the, the radio commercials, Big Lou, he's just like you about the – I think it's like timeshare or <laughs> splitting money in alimony, I believe. I can't remember what it's about, but it's Big Lou. He's just like you. 
and he but he's on number two like second wife so yeah that, that would be a little fun gimmick to play along with as well but okay now now i'm rooting against him after <laughs> now, now the old ball coach the 57 year old defense grizzled defensive coordinator it's uh right the allure is worn off uh it's it's really strange that even when you talk to the most plugged in people i mean it is a it's a testament to bidwell playing this thing close to the best and right. also it's it's frustrating for a fan base that's that's looking for something to be hopeful about as far as the direction of this thing i mean brewer said something interesting to me today when i asked him about the perception he's just like kind of scoffed like it's been three weeks guys i mean you just hired monty osmond like you can't that's not going to change what people believed about this this ownership group so wait a minute clarify that for a second like the perception is still you were you like is the perception starting to change with the franchise is that exactly question exactly yeah and and you know i think he he believes that monty's going to help but you know he's he's new to the job i mean this is the first Mm -hmm. time gm i mean sure he's he's got 22 years experience under his belt but you know, he's going to be the first time calling the shots and being the architect of a team. So, you know, you're going to have to do it with actions. You're going to have to do it with uh, having, you know, success as far as building a team through the draft, uh, keeping key players on the roster and, and, and developing guys. So it's it's going to be important. It's, it's just not going to happen. He, what he was the point he made is the one that you and I made all so far also off season long is a guy that can give you instant credibility and expedite something like that would have been a big name. And they missed yeah. out on that. That train yeah. has left the station, and unfortunately, now you have to do it the hard way. It's it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of blood, sweat, and tears from the people in place, and then the person you're going to put in place in the head coaching position to start to change that perception. Now, well, and I we are not naive to what went on during the season off the field, and I think it would be naive of us 30 days after the season's over or whatever it is to say it's fine now. Everything's cleaned up. They're in the process of cleaning it up, hopefully. They've got new people, but you can't erase overnight Sean Coogler allegedly groping a woman in Mexico City, Hollywood Brown, excessive speeding, Steve Kime and his array of issues that have lingered over this franchise for years, Kyler Murray's homework clause, the disconnect with the front office, Cliff Kingsbury jet-setting out of the U.S. on permanent vacation. I mean, like, that's what the casual fan knows this franchise for right now and so god only knows the perception of this team within people who would stake their careers their livelihoods to relocate to arizona move their families and say i'm gonna go with the bird on the on the white helmet and then turn around and there's this big scandal like nobody wants to saddle their their future to that their 401k their pension whatever so i i'm with you like it this is not a quick fix and it sucks for the 340 people here right now and this fan base, because you played no role in this dysfunction. You're the right. reason why this team you has better. hope. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the theme of this show since the end of the year. It's like, we want the best for this franchise because you deserve the best, Cardinal right. fans. So, But Monty um, Osmond isn't flex tape, and bam, right. you just slap it up, and the dysfunction stops pouring out of the organization. I do want to answer. I, I do find it interesting that AQ Shipley's comments on Pat McAfee because I see it in the chat quite yeah. a bit. Uh, I mean, I went to that facility. I was there every day, every work weekday, uh, all season long. And it like they renovated stuff. The weight room is relatively new, like 2015. You saw McAfee continues to kind of reference what he saw in hard knocks. And, and there are some parts of the building that, that look old. I mean, I, I think that you, you always want, especially when you're talking about an NFL, uh, an organization that they should be top notch in, in every facet. Right. And I, they're not there. 
but I, I don't know. It's they're not slumming it either. I, I don't, you know, I JJ Watt came to this organization. DeAndre Hopkins, like very well respected uh, players in this league. I don't hear a peep as far as how poor the facilities are. They're they're not sharing lockers. There's not, you know, it's not major league, and they're trying to lose on purpose. Uh, you know, with an owner that wants to move the team. It's 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 not that bad. AQ Shipley was a an admirable Cardinal when he yeah, was here. Yeah, what is the axe to grind there? But I'm going to tell you right now, I've experienced it. Other people, I mean, he slides into people's DMs when you would criticize his play on Twitter. Oh, okay. So okay. I think that there could be an axe to grind against this fan base or did this he do ownership. That to you? He did, yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> But I had yeah. video to prove it. I'm like, look, he just whiffed here. What the hell is going on? He's like, let me teach you about football. I've got the DMs to prove it. So I wasn't going to go there, but we can talk. We can talk about that. Like he's Mister. I go Twitter myself afterwards. At least when right. I when I shit on Isaiah Simmons, he just blows off our show and says he's going to come on right. and just blows him off. So, uh, but AQ ship. Listen, at the end of the like, the Cardinals facility is fine. It's not the worst. Yeah. It's not the best. Um, maybe though. You know, you buying a private jet and you want to tout that off. I don't know. Right. Do some, those do those some are things you want to be you want to be proactive with. Ownership right. should be proactive. Like, hey, like you know, they talked about um, somebody wanted a somebody was telling Maxi like we wanted these. It was maybe Green Bay. They wanted like towel warmers, and they were in the there within a week. You know, yeah. they just had everything that that it's it's a lap of luxury in probably thirty of the thirty two franchises and. It, it it should change. It it should. I mean, you have we're not, more than enough financial. We're not going to show for this out. team, but that yeah, right. But it's it's not, you know, Division three football. Like they got right. they got money. They spend money. Uh, speaking of spending money, you can do that right now with our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Just ahead of Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Not sure if you guys have checked out the prop section. For Super Bowl 56, it's out of control in the best possible way. All you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. If you're a first-time customer, bet 5 bucks on Super Bowl 57. You don't even have to win it. You just have to place a $5 bet. You get $200 in free bets back instantly. The Gatorade color, the coin flip, rushing yards, passing totals, total points, drive outcomes, whatever you want to do, spend all night there. I've done that myself once or twice, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Using that promo code PHNX, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See those show notes for details, Bo. Behind me this weekend, there's going to be a game that's going to be played. It's going to be the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl, American versus National. Some of the top NFL draft prospects are going to get on that gridiron and try to make a name for themselves and boost that draft stock. No place better than Four Peaks Brewery, 8th Street in Tempe, is a better place to go watch that game or the Phoenix Suns play their next hoops game or the Phoenix Coyotes drop or Arizona Coyotes. What is it? 1996 drop the puck in their next game. Craig and Morgan yeah. is going to come after you. After the- <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Most uninformed hockey fan ever. Uh, but look, it, it goes without saying four peaks is the best place. Did you see ASU just pulled in an absolute stud? During the football season, you're going to, going so to want proud to watch every Sun Devil game coached by Kenny Dillingham because sports and four peaks go hand in hand. Go get yourself a kilt lifter. Go get yourself a Sun Brew. Go get yourself a Joy uh, Bus Wheat. Wow. It, it goes 
their their beer menu it goes deep so does their food menu all their entrees all their appetizers all their desserts they're unbelievable check them out online fourpeak.com go check them out for yourself in tempe on h street enjoy a game enjoy a beverage if you can't make it to their brewery of course you can find it in your local stores four peaks is sold in arizona i'm missing it right now in mobile but you don't have to be like me you can go get some tonight your favorite gas station convenience store or of course your grocery store you can find four peaks uh coyotes are having a tough month of january let's just let's just leave it at that but not the phnx coyote squad yeah i keep on shitting on them they're they're undefeated (laughs) but the coyotes are are far from undefeated um we're undefeated on this podcast for predictions not so let's get back into the coaching discussion here um so for those of you just joined us bo had an opportunity to connect with albert breer money morning quarterback and Jeremy Fowler, and I think the two candidates right now that we feel like are certainly in the mix, of course, Brian Flores and then Brian Callahan. Um, that's not to say Mike Kafka and Lou Amaruno, Amarano aren't, aren't in the mix. But again, if you're doing a hierarchy, I would say if, if you're not going to go with an offensive guy, Flores makes more sense than Lou because he's been a head coach, he has success, and he has ties to the general manager. But there is this trend, Bo, of like, you got to go offense, you got to go offense. And I'll be honest with you, the last 24 hours, even though I've tried to avoid it like the plague, everything that I'm seeing about Sean Payton and Russell Wilson is, well, you made this $250 million investment in Russell Wilson, so you got to fix him. So you got to get a coach and overspend, right? Should the Cardinals be taking that mantra with Kyler Murray, or is that naive to say, just get a good team builder and hope Kyler falls in line, regardless of the side of the ball. Just get a good leader of men. No, I think that you can look to the college ranks, and I know that kind of scares people off because of how much of a disaster your college coach uh, that you hired last time went. But I think when you look at like Dan Lanning in Oregon, and that he brought in a dynamic play caller in Kenny Dillingham. Uh, he was a defensive guy at Georgia, I believe. And then you, you had he brought in his guy that he trusted as far as on the offensive side of the football. You can you can kind of figure that out. You, you just have to <laughs> Shane's telling me I'm wrong on that. But uh, he he can't, he went to Oregon and he took over that. He, he had Kenny Dillingham in there. And sorry, I'm completely wrong on that. Uh, what is Shane? What is Shane complaining about? I don't about? know. He's all, I thought Shane was at the bath. Is he in the bathroom still? He's back. Is he back? <laughs> He's just. I'm is just looking at him from 20, 20 yards away from here. But I, I think that that could that could work for you. Uh, regardless, I, I don't. I think if you can get an offensive guy to to complement what Flores is trying to do defensively and just kind of in a leadership uh, spot, you know, change things around. Let's talk about some of these prospects. I was, I was oh, no. responding to uh, to your text, Johnny. I wasn't responding. Oh, to you. oh okay. okay, gotcha. Okay, I, I, now I'm questioning. Look at that handsome is, guy. His up is down, and his black is white. Like now, I'm questioning everything. Everything. Let's I talk about some true. big. Let's talk about some big men. Some ass okay. kickers. Yeah. Some, some first some first round prospects at the mm-hmm. Senior Bowl that you had the, a chance to scout firsthand today. My friend Bo Brock, who stood out to you. I mean, it was it wasn't even close. I mean, you had earlier today. We got to meet up with uh, with the darling. I think there's always a darling at, at the at the combine or at I'm sorry, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, yeah. This year it's North Dakota State's Cody Mock. Uh, big red, long red hair. This kid is just a beast. Look at his just manhandle uh, some of these defensive linemen. 
uh, Cody Mock there. He can play multiple positions. He played primarily tackle at North Dakota State, but he's been playing inside. He even played a little center today. Uh, just a big kid, 6'4", 305 pounds. Uh, would be a great addition for the Arizona Cardinals, but I don't know if he has a – he's certainly not a first-round grade, but he's a guy that's going to be uh, in consideration maybe day two, day three pick. Uh, Arizona Cardinals would be – I think that would be great to maybe pit him with Marquise Hayes, who's going to be coming off a knee injury, uh, start to see some young depth at the interior of that offensive line, and then somebody that I think Cardinals fans are going to fall absolutely in love with and bang the table for – not at third overall, maybe to, to make a move, because I don't know if he's going to last until the, until the sec, second round pick. Uh, but uh, Michael John Michael Schmidt, uh, yeah. the, the All-American center out of Minnesota, was just absolutely destroying people, just winning at the point of attack, just throwing oh, guys down, just dominating guys at the point of attack. Just a couple pancakes here. Watch this one. Uh, just destroying and manhandling big old hog mollies on the defensive side of the football. Uh, I don't know if he's going to last. He's saying all the right things as far as uh, what you want to hear from a prospect of this caliber, how he's just trying to get himself uh, to compete at the professional level, knows he can do so, uh, but but obviously trying to figure out what, what he can do better to, to boost his stock and put himself uh, in a position to to go to the best pace possible at the pro level, but man, I I mean that guy, that's got a you know obviously third overall you're looking at two dogs on the defensive side of the football, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. They're not here. Uh, Schmitz is. They're already in the stuck. green room. They're not. They're already in the green room in April yeah, here. Yeah. I, I uh, mean, if if they have to trade back into the first round at the back end. I, I think it, that would John Michael Schmitz would be huge. Because if you say you get Carter, and then you get a kid that caliber, and, and it just he takes over for Rodney Hudson, who wasn't even available. It felt like you know for the last money. year and a half. Yeah, it was you know I'm not going to say that, but no, he wasn't available for the team. Um, I th- I think that it would be you've got your starting center for the next eight to 10 years, potentially uh, th- that would be a slam dunk for the Cardinals. And then, you know, you got Josh Jones under contract. We'll see what you've got. If you want to bring back beach, but you've got DJ Humphreys potentially coming back. Uh, and, and then, you know, like I said, Hayes um, and, and then Schmitz would be a great center to, to move forward with Kyler Murray. Yeah. He's there at 34, the absolutely agent 47. If he's there at 34, which I now after seeing him, in person, I, I don't know if he lasts that long. Well, Lindenbaum went late twenties, and there were only concerns about Lindenbaum because he was just slightly undersized, but he had that Iowa pedigree. But there were several guards that went higher than people thought last year, well before pick twenty three for Arizona, before they traded it subsequently for Hollywood Brown. But you got to remember, you know, that this this organization has been so cute in the early rounds now with receivers and. Yeah. You know, I, I would off-ball linebackers. They have not valued line of scrimmage. Well, what is Monty Austin for known for? They value offensive and defensive line. So I would say it's a lock that the third overall pick, assuming they stick and pick, is either going to be Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. And then you look at that top 40 pick, whatever it is, 34-35, if they trade up, if they trade down, I would expect it's an interior offensive lineman. Or if you get Will Anderson, do you are you tempted to double down and get a defensive tackle? This team desperately needs people movers. I mean, they are yeah. so soft at the point of attack on both sides of the ball. With all due respect, I mean, J.J. Watt was their best front seven player, and he retired. And so now you're yeah. going to have a huge gaping hole 
on the defensive line, you don't know what you're going to do with Zach Allen. Monty Osenford could watch Zach Allen's tape, and he's like, yeah, he's explosive, but he doesn't play enough. Goodbye. I'm not going to pay you. And then you look at now, it's a new era in the interior. Justin Pugh, likely gone, retired. Rodney Hudson, likely gone, retired. You know, Will Hernandez had ties to Sean Kugler. That probably is not a marriage the Cardinals are going to re-explore. I could be wrong. But so yeah. you're going to have to replace at minimum three spots on the interior. One of those has yeah. to be, in my opinion, with a top two to three round rookie. And again, I see some people pointing out in the chat, and I think people are warming up to this idea. If you can get a day two pick, a high day two pick for, for DeAndre Hopkins, then you can double dip a little bit. You can get one of these big guys in between picks, what, whatever, 32, 33 to 45, 50, and then also, you know, recoup an additional pick that you could go out and spend elsewhere. The Cardinals need to get cheaper and more athletic. They have too yeah. many guys on the roster that are old and broken and expensive. And so for this team to start anew with a foundation that when Kyler Murray comes back, you're hitting the ground running 100 miles an hour, it needs to be with a rebuilt offensive and defensive line, Bo. Yeah. Well, also another impressive interior offensive lineman that we caught a glimpse of today that was, that was winning a lot at the line of scrimmage was Osiris Torrance from Florida. Of course. Let's take a look at this big, big hog molly. Just pushing kids around. It was, wasn't fair. If you felt bad for some of the prospects that were getting pitted up against them, uh, just winning every rep it felt like that he had out there it is just big grown man strength and then some. Uh, so Torrance and, and a lot of people kind of jumping in the chat. People are killing the chat tonight uh, as far as, you know, some other prospects out there. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I, I feel like almost hesitant to look at wide receivers. I, have we been beaten into that where we just like, I can't even look at wide receivers because the hit rate has been so poor and you forget that it's not going to be old Stevie boy making the selection this spring during the draft. I think you need to get back to basics. If, if a generational player, if, if a player you feel like is uh, can't miss falls to you, I think you, you have a conversation, but I mean like why are other franchises hitting on receivers late day two on day three and the Cardinals can't, I would be more inclined maybe to take a developmental guy on day three because this franchise without Kyler Murray to begin next year. And I don't want to, I don't want to think short term, but I'm going to the distribution factor is going to be a problem. Like, I don't know who's playing quarterback for this team. It's not going to be Jameis Winston now with no Sean Payton. It's not going to be Taysom Hill. So who is it? Colt McCoy? Is it somebody else? And is some, is a rookie going to be even, you know, crack the starting lineup is Hopkins around. There are so many questions. Do they deal somebody like Rondell Moore? What is Hollywood do in a make or break season? That receiver room, it will probably be the most interesting to kind of decipher over the course of the spring into training camp. But, like, right now, I'm riding and dying with one man and one man only. That's Greg Dorch. Like, get Greg Dorch back on the team, assuming that you have to deal DeAndre Hopkins and Trey McBride and let the chips fall where they may with everybody else. Like, I just – I'm numb to it. I, I want to be able to run the football. I want to be able to keep Kyler Murray upright. I want to be able to win at the line of scrimmage. And I, the Cardinals, it's a luxury position, yeah. and the Cardinals don't have the luxury right now of doing that. Yeah, I, I think you could certainly, with with you know, solid moves. If you can, if you can make some moves out there, you can complement the players you already have. Like you have the playmakers. I know you didn't see enough of it last year. We were robbed of seeing you know the big three out there. Uh, 
for, for the bulk of the season. You know, obviously Kyler, Hollywood, and DeAndre. But, man, it, it that is something I just don't think that they necessarily have to, to take it to, to look into, Be you know, maybe late, 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 late round pick. But you would hope that, especially with his background, Monty's going to be a guy that's going to look to the trenches to, to really kind of build it. I like that people are saying, you know, bring back Zach Allen. Uh, absolutely. Byron Murphy. Those are two guys that were – drafted and developed uh both of them you know most recently for murphy he was a guy that had the back injury but for the most part he was healthy his entire cardinals tenure and then you've got um and then you got you know allen who's been injured every season he's been in a professional uh which is concerning but maybe it will keep his price tag down and, and it can help build some defensive line depth if you can't go carter if he's gone sounds like you know there was a report was that the bears are going to hold on to justin fields so it feels like that they're going to trade that top pick for a haul because if you look at all the, you know, as far as who the, the, the odds are on, you know, Bryce Young to go, he's an overwhelming favorite to go number one. Well, I want to talk about that and how it affects Arizona. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. I am over year-long fantasy. And even with the NFL season coming to a close, friends, it's still time to wager on the biggest game of the year, that being Super Bowl 57 underdog fantasy does fantasy sports daily differently you can draft your team against five of your uh, friends high scoring squad for the night wins that cold hard cash and listen just because the nfl season is over does not mean the fun of underdog fantasy is over no 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 draft six nba players with no positional limits the phoenix suns are hot friends not sure if you've seen this or not mikhail bridges and company look pretty good Draft up to six NBA players, no positional limits. Devin Booker on the mend will return sooner rather than later. Load up with Phoenix Suns and company on the Underdog Fantasy app. Like, will Devin Booker hit his higher in points? DeAndre Ayton higher in rebounds. You know, we got lucky. We got Purdy not making it to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, with the injury, I put a little bit of cash on. Will Purdy hit the higher of interceptions? That didn't hit, but I am ready to rally only with Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. All you got to do, sign up at underdogfantasy.com or download the app directly to your smartphone. Sign up with promo code PHNX and get this. Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. So, boop, put in a hundy, you get a hundy. Put in 50, you get 50, 75, what have you. If you put 20 bucks in there, they're going to match 20 bucks. Dip your toe in. You will not be sorry that you did. Underdog Fantasy, I know you guys are hearing about it from everybody, including us. There's a reason. It is the premier daily fantasy app get in on the action today bo i'm enjoying my time down here in mobile hanging out with shane and we're getting some great content seeing some great prospects enjoying everything that mobile has to offer but i cannot wait to get home and plop down on my more furniture couch and enjoy all the furniture that we bought our living room our dining room our kids room our bedroom it's all from our friends over more furniture you need to do the same for yourself go find yourself something to bolster your household, your condo, your apartment. Get rid of that futon. It's time to grow up. More furniture is going to be the best place to do that. M-O-R-Furniture.com. That's more furniture. They got everything you want. They got the President's Day sale coming up in the next couple of weeks. You're going to want to get on that to save even more on more furniture. Morefurniture.com. Bucky Bird in the chat. Bo, check out running back uh, Chase Brown from Illinois. He is a stud. I watched a lot of Illinois football this year. Um, from, I'm I'm from, I'm from the state of (laughs) Illinois. I went to Illinois state. I didn't go to university of Illinois, but they were hella competitive. I I wagered Mm -hmm. on them a couple times on the DraftKings sportsbook app and he is correct. 
Chase Brown is his dad. Listen, Illinois was better than both ASU and U of A this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, we saw I just want to. Two lanes, Dorian Williams was a guy that, that looked really good today. Uh, yeah. He had a couple uh, couple big runs that were broken off today. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, are we feeling like this team needs a running back? Are we there? I mean, it's always smart to, to get one late. Middle, middle round. Middle round. Yeah. Because I think yeah. I think James Conner is is probably going to be one of the few veterans that gets to keep his job and and returns to the team next year. And you get an heir apparent ready. You get a cheap alternative ready. Um, because like, what do you do with Zach Ertz? He's got a big contract, but he's also injured. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I they're going to move on from these expensive linemen. But Connor is it? You know, a tremendous locker room guy. And but it's a it's a young man's position. Well, that that'll be interesting to see. It'll also be interesting as we kind of tease before those reads, Bo. Chicago Bears just coming out and telling Albert Breer, the guy you spoke with today, Monday morning quarterback, that they're going to keep Justin Fields and they're going to roll with him. So all this dog and pony show of will they take a quarterback first overall, it feels like there's enough interest if you're the Bears that you don't even have to play coy. Like you're just, we're open for business, trade us whatever you want to trade. Reminds me of once upon a time the Rams traded down. I think it was, uh, it was the Wentz draft. Um, and they traded down who picked first overall it was, Oh, or maybe, maybe not. There was another team that had the first overall pick and they traded down cause they didn't need a quarterback. I can't remember, but the bears are going to try to do that, which only does a lot of good for the Cardinals. And I'm going to tell you right now, something else that's good for the franchise. If you're not connecting the dots, you should, the Houston Texans will likely take a quarterback in part because I don't think Trey Lance is going to be available. Tom Brady retires, and follow me where I'm going with this. Brock Purdy's injured, could be out for six to nine months. They need to keep Trey Lance in San Francisco. There was some talk that D'Amico Ryans and company may be interested in trading for Trey Lance. That is not an option now, especially when you consider you know Brady and Purdy not being options for the San Francisco 49ers to begin the offseason. So connecting the dots here, I think there's a really good chance Stroud, Young, Will Levis, Two out of those three guys go first and second, and we're sitting here, and you get Will Anderson and Jalen Carter in your lap yeah. and even have an outside chance, Bo, of quarterbacks going in the top three picks and trading down one pick with, with Indianapolis. Would be the worst. That's not the worst case. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you, you can really take advantage of it, or you can be the team that gets the, the, your choice of the best non-quarterback. I mean, what, yeah. what position do you want to be in? You, you, fit, you see a guy... It's going to be a fit that's going to be a fixture of your franchise for close to the next 10 years. A guy that can change things, be a, just an absolute just problem for opposing offenses, and, and you determine if it's Carter or if it's going to be uh, Anderson. And, you know, if you feel like those guys are worth it and, and put them in this 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 league where you, you've seen defensive guys carry teams to atop the division and Nick Bosa and, and Aaron Donald and – other great names that, that Seattle had, obviously in their defensive secondary, for the most part. But uh, this is a this is a division that's been known for defense. And the Arizona Cardinals, I feel like, when they were solid under BA, you know, that was one of their their calling cards. He could cut, dial it up. He took care of the offense, but they had a really really solid defense. And we haven't seen that like suffocating D or or that game changing plays that on that side of the football for far too long. I don't know. I mean, if if you can stay in the top ten and still get an impact player and then also build draft capital. Like that's the dream, right? But if you're passing on a a generational type player, if you're passing on this year's Micah Parsons, if if you're 
if you're, I don't think that's the smart play. If you become a team that if you can stick and pick while other teams are jockeying for quarterbacks and you get the best prospect, uh, I have a hard hard time parting with that. Well, I I think back to, and they didn't trade down, but you can look at recent drafts like 2020, right? Chase Young goes second overall and was the quintessential best player in the draft, non-quarterback. And then what happened later in the top 10? Isaiah Simmons with eighth, Derek Brown, defensive lineman for Carolina, went seventh. Those are nice players. Brown's been better than than Isaiah. Isaiah's still got, we think, a bright future. They're not Pro Bowl caliber, all pro players. So, like, for people who say, well, the Cardinals should trade from three to, like, seven or eight and take a a player there, like, again, there's a drop-off. You want to sell your soul for a future pick where you don't know where it's going to be, or do you want to take an all-pro player? Because the Cardinals, we all feel like, please don't be picking in the top one to three again. So I understand people wanting to mortgage it and trading down and recouping assets. And you are encouraged by Monty Austin Ford picking the players and not Steve Kime. But generational is generational. Will Anderson was the best player in college football coming into this season, right? Jalen Carter is one of the best defensive tackles that people have scouted in the last half decade on a back-to-back national championship defense, all-American captain, everything that you could want. So I just think that watering it down, and with all due respect, taking a, a, an a, a DN from the ACC, that's a kind move. I mean, to me, it's just you can always recoup picks, right? You yeah. can always swindle deals. You want to trade down from 34, 35, whatever. You want to trade up. But, man, you get a golden egg. And, and, and you blow it and you trade down just because you're like, well, we need we need more day two picks. It's just like there's only one Will Anderson, right? There's only right. one Jalen Carter. Don't gift him to somebody else. Like, I'm sure the Niners had options the year they took Nick Bosa. And they're like, no, nope, we're just we're going to get the best player. And he's right. on a Hall of Fame trajectory. That's how the Cardinals should be thinking, Bo. Right. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think that that's unless there's a spot to where you can stay, you know, in the general vicinity of a, of a top five pick, you know, it, it starts to get, especially for a first year GM. I know he's had a lot of experience in war rooms and, and looking at a lot of talented players come through the organizations that he worked for, but we don't know what he's going to do when, when he's kind of under the gun there. Um, so maybe kind of take, take all that out of there. I mean, when you're just kind of staring down the decision between Carter Anderson, that's the, that's the good problem to have trying to make the decision on, Who's the who's, who's the blue chip prospect that you want to start, you know, your rebuild with? Yeah, it just it's one of those things where I, I think we can get too cute. Not but too just cold. Take, yeah, only take only, the, the, only the takes are cold here. Only the takes oh. are cold. <laughs> not according <laughs> not according to Michael Evans. Thank you for the two dollars super chat, Michael. <laughs> Bo, can you throw the ball? Laugh out loud. You guys are awesome. Uh, is there a ball you can throw, maybe? I don't think so. I mean, I could probably make it to the field from here. I'll, there's, there's like a Shane's backpack. I can launch it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, nice. Throw that in the river somewhere, <laughs> would you? Uh, all right. So we want to talk more about the coaching search. But first, I want to talk to everybody about Roman. Uh, listen, ED is often viewed, guys, as a touchy subject. Let's normalize the combo and have some tongue-in-cheek fun with it, if you will. Valentine's Day plans, special restaurant, romantic evening at home. What about later in the night? Some say Valentine's Day is the sexiest day of the year, but are you ready? Roman ready? 
because right now a strong sex life can help deepen your feelings of intimacy with your partner and lead to increased happiness. Roman addresses a variety of sexual health needs for men, offers genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a stronger erection. Listen, we're not here to joke about it because it is serious and we're serious about Romaine offers discreet wipes that help you last four times longer in bed. It's unbelievable. Treating low testosterone that can help rev up your sex drive. Roman has testosterone testing and treatment and better yet, everything is online. You don't have to go to the clinic down the street or, or wherever, you know, pharmacy. Just do it everything online. Be discreet with it. Be discreet with Romaine. Men's digital health clinic available in all 50 states with licensed uh, physicians. There's no waiting room, guys. There's no hassle. Roman sends everything right to your door with free shipping in discreet packaging. So, again, it's something that I want everybody to take seriously because it is a serious subject, right? So get ready. Roman ready for better sex this Valentine's Day. Go to row.co slash phnx today to get 20% off your entire first order. Order by February 8th, which is just a week away for guaranteed shipping just in time for that special day. That special day, meaning Valentine's Day. That's ro.co slash phnx. I love that I get to do that read for the first mm-hmm. time while you're freezing your ass off in Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> Warmed me up. It warmed me up, man. It, it's uh, yeah, row.co. I mean, talk about like what the Arizona Cardinals draft equivalent for that would be like Jalen Carter third, and then like John Michael Schmitz is in, in the second round. Wouldn't that that that's something that would get you going? That's the sexiest Valentine's Day, isn't it? Yes, yes. the sexiest day. That's a sexy start to an NFL draft. I wasn't gonna make Bo do that read on the bleachers next, next to NFL insiders. Somebody, Josina Anderson, somebody walks by and they're like, right. what the, what's going on with these yeah. people? With these people. The, uh, the PFF crew look giving me strange looks. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, you guys are fantastic. Listen, we just ended our best month ever here, PHNX Cardinals, and that's thanks to all of you. Um, we thought we'd be able to put a bow on January with a new head coach, but the good news for Bo is he will be back in town, in time for a press conference, barring something unforeseen. I would say unless they interview uh, Bo, somebody on Thursday, make a decision Thursday night and have a press for Friday, wouldn't that just be a punch in the gut? Because that's, the only, <laughs> that's it, the, yeah. only, that's the only scenario. I'd have to run my ass up to Tempe, uh, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But uh, I'm, I'm thankful that my better half gets to go and meet whomever the Cardinals opt to hire. But it doesn't feel like this is ending anytime soon. It feels like this is we got at least what forty eight hours more of this, don't you think? Yeah, I think that Thursday happens. They talk to Callahan, and then they kind of uh, digest the interview process. Osmond dozen, as we put out there, a, a long mm-hmm. list of candidates. Some of yeah, which have been hired up, already. Yeah, a, a couple of them. Reich has been hired. Peyton's been hired. Dan Quinn said thanks, but no thanks. D'Amico Ryan's has hired his introductory pressers tomorrow, I believe, in Houston. Uh, and then you've got the you got the candidates that that are in play. Gannon never uh, never interviewed, but as Fowler told us today, he thinks he could be a wild card. But uh, Anarumo, he he interviewed today. Callahan tomorrow. Kafka happened on Tuesday. Flores interviewed. Glenn interviewed. Avero still in the running for potentially defensive coordinator jobs, and then Vance Joseph is still there. Uh, they haven't. And they might have turned the lights off at the facility, but he's still there. 
he's just alone in the lunchroom <laughs> eating by himself. Like, hey guys, I'm available. I'm gonna get my I'll watch my house while in. you're gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and again, we're like it feels like we're shooting on vans since the season ended. No, we just we want everything to be new and different. I don't want any ties to what I saw last fall. I don't want any ties to the Kime Cliff experience if I don't have right. to. And if that means Vance Joseph is a casualty of that, he's made a lot of money. He's a very wealthy man. He's going to go coach football somewhere else and hopefully have a lot of success. And I was the biggest Vance Joseph fan after they went to Cleveland and beat the shit out of Baker Mayfield last year and the defense was humming. But I've seen what happens when the offense can't complement the defense and the defense needs to be the strength of the team. It's not good. So again, we we are rooting for Vance Joseph, the person, but again, I just he does not belong with this franchise as DC or head coach anymore. They need new people. When you go four and thirteen, and you're the laughing stock of the NFL at the end of the year, no one should get to keep their jobs. Yeah, I see that Bucky Bird in the chat. Fourteen years ago, we put it up on our Instagram PHNX underscore Cardinals. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, unbelievable 2009 playoff run. 546 yards receiving, seven touchdowns, including three in the NFC Championship game, two with the go-ahead score in the in the Super Bowl. The offense left the field leading, and this this team couldn't be further from a Super Bowl appearance. I mean, 14 years later, they, they couldn't be <laughs> plus, further plus from 10,000 on DraftKings. Yeah, it's, it's right there with the Texans as far as bottom in the league chances to for next season. So – uh, it, that was fun to see. Obviously, it was gut-wrenching. I remember where it was when Fitz went just screeching across the field, 60-plus yards to the end zone, dogpiling my brother's uh, his TV room's floor in, in South Chandler. That was a blast, and then it was ripped from us. Uh, San Antonio Holmes allegedly toe-tapped yeah. the back of the end zone. Do you think the Colts hire a head coach before the Arizona Cardinals? Bob? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. You think the Cardinals think, are going to be the last? When are they talking to Glenn? Is, is that is tomorrow? That okay, a that's, second that's interview happen. tomorrow. So they conceivably picking between he and Jeff Saturday because Jeff Saturday had a second interview over the weekend. I, I'm not sure of another coach that's had a second interview. I don't think Raheem Morris did. So I mean, Aaron Glenn versus Jeff Saturday, which is crazy. I mean, it's just this. This is crazy that we're in yeah. this point with the, with that franchise, and I mean. I guess things could be worse. We're not here to to rip on Aaron Glenn, but I mean the Lions' defense played well at the end of the year. They were still like 29th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they played a lot better, uh, especially in, in that finale with the win over Green Bay. But Green Bay wasn't the same all season long. Uh, the, the ties that Jonathan Jones was pointing to with Kyler Murray, but you know a lot a lot more we can talk about that. I think let's wrap this one up. Let's get uh, myself and Shane. We'll, thaw no, out. we'll never get off coach. there. <laughs> you're just, you're just gonna fill, you're just gonna <laughs> filibuster the rest of the way here. You're just gonna talk until we're frozen out here. These guys have worked their asses. Practices tomorrow. These guys have worked their asses off. Sun up to sundown, get the best possible coverage for all of you. Uh, 314 in the chat. We thank you. Like and subscribe this video. Check us out. GoPHNX.com. Check out our beat reporter Howard Balzer. Slam the promo code HO. W-A-R-D. We're back. Manana, the final day of the scheduled interviews, ends with Brian Callahan tomorrow at the Tempe facility with Michael Bidwell and company. But our coverage never ends. For Bull Brock, live from the Reese's Senior Bowl, 
in I Mobile, Alabama. I hope the Alabama. facility holds up. I hope it doesn't collapse on them as they're they're interviewing. That would be that would be embarrassing. I'm trying it's to end the rickety, show. It's a rickety old structure. Yeah, end it. Johnny Venerable. Bye.